what's going on everybody welcome back to around the world after a short delay we apologize about last week but we are back for another episode um episode eight we're super excited for this one and the main reason we're so excited is because soccer is around the corner we actually have a game on this day that the episode will be posted friday august 6th which is insane prem's opening up a lot of soccer coming our way we're super excited and that's what this episode's about all it is is us two bozos talking soccer we, we have some takes for you. We have some predictions, and we're excited to bring it to the table today. Dill, how are you feeling this, this fine evening? I'm good, man. Just uh, just came back from the Mets game with my dad. Uh, Mets won. Got this bucket hat. So I'm doing mm. well. I'm doing it's very good. spicy. A little tired. Spicy hat. Had to uh, navigate Queens, but uh, you're not a man until you know how to drive through Queens. So I'm mm. feeling good. How about, how about you, man? You know, I'm chilling, man. You know, our preseason's starting soon, so gear it up for that um, at Villanova, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So exciting times. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right into it. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, Dill. Yeah, man. Like you said, it's super exciting. Um, we've been waiting for this day a long time. Uh, we're looking forward to having the Prem back. Also, the Bundesliga is coming back with Bayern versus Frankfurt. Uh, all the, uh, you know, the other top leagues are going to follow. We're super pumped. So what me and drags did, we thought we'd have a little fun today. Um, where we came up with, uh, with some, with a short list for our preseason world team of the year. We did some of this off feel, some of this off all the, all the soccer that we watched. And we also dove into the numbers a little bit. So this isn't a, this isn't going to be a, a me versus drags or drags versus Dylan. We're actually going to collaborate here. We're going to talk through everything, and, and hopefully by the by the end of the segment, we'll have our around-the-world preseason uh, first 11. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about this. We're also we're going to keep having uh, guests on as well, but we also thought it would be time that we can do uh, some episodes with us and have some fun and get you guys engaged. So yeah. let's kick it off, man. Get to know us too. And, you know, you mentioned collaboration, and, I, you know, that's the mission here, but I feel like it's going to spark some debate because I feel that I have a good 11 here and I know you feel like you have a good 11. So I feel like there's going to be some quarrels that we're going to encounter, but you know, we'll see how it goes. This is our first time doing it. So let's, let's kick it off. Yeah. So basically, yeah, basically we're just doing a classic four, three, three formation. Um, And, you know, we have two play two to three players per each position, I would say bringing to the table and we're going to talk about it and we're going to, we're going to come up with our around the world best 11 as Dylan said. So, um, you know, Dill, I can kick us off. We can start the fortresses in the back, the goalkeepers. Yes. The GKU. Yes. GKU, man. Um, so to start off, um, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this is the least fun position, <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's I feel like a little bit more challenging because it I feel like it relies a lot on like the team around you and the defense yeah. in front of you. Um, so, you know, for my GK one and our in my preseason team, I am choosing Courtois. So um, the reasoning behind this, I don't have any crazy stats to back it up. Um, this is more of a feel pick for me. And 
the reason I say this is because I think um, he was a little bit underrated after, after last season, I would say, I think he got his props. I think, you know, all throughout champions league, he was balling out, kept Real Madrid in games um, throughout the champions league, which was incredible what he did. And he's always been a top class keeper. Um, But what I think is going to be different this year to maybe give him the nod over, you know, some of the guys that have been getting it over him is because one, I think um, Real Madrid is going to continue where they left off last year, which is super helpful. As I said, I think goalkeeper, the goalkeeper position in this team that we're trying to form is relying on the team around that person. So I think Real Madrid is going to be strong as well as you got to factor in the World Cup. And I think Belgium is one of, you know, the powerhouses in this World Cup, one of the favorites to win it. So I think, and they're going to need Courtois to perform well. So I think for those two reasons, um, that's why I'm bringing Courtois to the table here. Yeah, man. And listen, it's 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 hard to argue against the Champions League winner. Uh, he stood on his head in that game, as we talked about, I think, over in episode one. He's he's a world class goalie. Uh, for me, as you said, Drags, you touched on something that I think is very important to this discussion. You talked about how uh, the goal goalkeeper position can depend on the team around you. So when I when I was looking through through everything and trying to decide who I wanted to nominate for this, I tried to isolate the goalkeeper position. I tried to take the team out of it. Mm. So I went into the numbers a little bit, and one of my I think the best stat uh, for for goalies is it's called post shot expected goals minus goals allowed. So basically, how many uh, goals that are expected versus how many goals are actually allowed. So uh, for me, the guy that I'm going to nominate is uh, Mike Magnell. I don't know if I said that right, but he's the French goalie. Uh, he plays for AC Milan. And so when we're going to dive into the numbers here, we're looking at he saved uh, eight goals more than he should have. He basically uh, should have given up eight more goals. So that to me uh, is a very important number, of course, but he's not number one in the world. So you can look, there's, there's, he's number three. Uh, there's a few guys that are higher than him. But what I did then is I isolated how many goals were actually given up. So for example, number one was Manuel Ryman on Bochum. He saved 10.7 goals above ex- uh, expected average, but he ended up conceding 45 goals. So when I'm making this case for Manuel, is he, saved eight more goals than he should have, which is third in in European football, but he conceded 21 goals, which is nothing when you compare it to the rest of the top 10. Um, So when I'm looking at him as a, as a guy, that's a combination of he's doing better than he should. And at the same time, he's keeping the ball out of the net. So that's going to be who I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bring forth for this and and we can talk about it. Wow. Dill. I mean, those are some advanced, advanced analytics did you just run those regressions yourself right on the call man those are some high key, high level analytics <laughs> you just pulled out. i did this one this is this i this was one that I, I when i went through the numbers i was pretty excited to talk about but i did this when i was uh last night when i was preparing for yeah for, well yeah. you're just just for reference your guy courtois he's he's still really high he's number 12 on this list he's plus 4.9 PSXG, which means he saved essentially five goals uh, more than he should have. Yeah. Uh, and also you could break it down per 90. Uh, Magnon's 25. So you saved a quarter of a goal per 90 more and Courtois saved 0.14. So he saved, you know, just about a, a tenth. 
a tenth more. And Courtois conceded on the year twenty nine, Magnan twenty one. So, listen, it's it's. Uh, I, I feel like either way you go is a right is a good decision. Um, yeah, Dale, the the one thing I'm worried about Magnan is his role with France a little bit yeah. yep. because, like. Like when you talk about like nods for the goalkeeper position in this, like in a team similar to this, like I believe last year's World XI was Donnarumma. Yep. Now we're talking about a guy who's pretty much split time at PSG. You no, know? like mm. he basically like Pochettino did not name a number one goalkeeper. He split time, but he won the Euros with Italy, got the nod. So like we're talking about an un so like. Right, like he's going to be, you know, he's going to put up these stats. He's going to be a baller for Milan. But is he going to have, like, I feel like that these are valuable, these stats. But the team around you and success with your team, I feel, in this specific position is pretty important. What do you think about that? I agree, man. And when when we're looking at this, and and you mentioned when we were when we were planning this episode out, how how you wanted to factor in national team, and in a World Cup year, I think it's completely valid. So, my mind jumped to man, this guy should really be starting over Yoris for I mean, France. Yeah, I agree with you. I just don't think it's gonna happen, unfortunately. But that's the thing. Yeah, I, I don't <clears> know <throat> if it's gonna happen either. And uh, you know, that's an entirely different discussion. I, I don't really know how Yori still has that uh, has that position as France's France's first goalkeeper. But, but listen, that it is what it is, and you're right. I don't know if uh, this winter in Qatar if he'll be starting. So, that's something we got to factor into this decision. Um, I, I think I think when you look at it, uh, Courtois won the Champions League. It's kind of tough to argue against that. When you dive into the numbers, while he's not maybe. Um, exactly at the level of Magnon he's still up there he's still yeah. doing really well and he had the club success so I don't know I think it's tough to argue against that yeah uh, yeah I mean I would like I'm a big Magnon fan I just want him to get like more chances with France and I want like his recognition for what he does like maybe for a bigger club I mean Milan's a huge club I'm not saying that but I'm saying like some of the powerhouses that are dominating Champions League football now mm-hmm. uh, but I just think for right now I, I I agree with what you just said I think Courtois is probably a safer bet there um yeah. just yeah I think if we do this next year uh and and we look at how AC Milan won Serie A mm-hmm. this year and if they can do that again mm-hmm. and obviously I think this is probably Yoris's last go around with the French team Right. Then we can then we can look at a guy like Magnon. But I think right now, you know, going off a body of work, uh, it's it has to be Thibaut. Yeah, and I love the, I love the shout though. That was good. I like that how we bring that that type of player to this podcast. It's oh, important. Listen, <laughs> around the world, we, we don't we don't miss anybody. We're looking yeah. at everything. Exactly. Exactly. People don't realize that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Um, so start with our back line. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's good. Let's start with our, our left back. Yeah. Um, let's get that position. So I wouldn't say a frugal position, but maybe a little bit less depth worldwide between maybe a little bit of diversion between the top tier and some other tiers here. Um, so who I'm bringing is Joao Cancelo. Yeah. And the reason is a little bit like no, no like hard stats again. And I promise I'm going to sound smart later with some stats um, on some guys, but not, not for this one. I think for me, the, the argument here is just because um, 
we saw his development last season and where he, how he kind of took his game to another level um, with city. Mm. And I only think this season it's, it's just going to keep on going up. I think he's going to give, be given more freedom. They gave him the number seven shirt for quite crying out loud. That's like, crazy. Either for a left back, I know. like, I think just how Pep seems to ski, how he's seeming to scheme, like is he's going to give him more rain to go for it. I think he's going to be playing pretty high with Kyle Walker sitting back even more than he used to. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about output at the left back position on it, from an attacking standpoint, I don't know if you can get much better than Joao Cancelo. Maybe you can argue Rabo, but I think Joao Cancelo in that respect, his one V one ability, his final product, everything ticks the boxes, you know, he's a little bit, and here's the drawback for Cancelo. Mm-hmm. It's the defensive side. Right, yeah. Like right, you right. look at the community shield game got cooked in times by Salah. Yeah. And like, that's the drawback of taking a player like that. And you got to look at two-way players at left back. But when you look at just the guy he is, I think it's worth, he's worth getting a nod, a potential nod um, after, you know, after hearing hearing what you, who you have to bring to the table. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, I, I think, I think when we look at, at the left back position, it's, it's going to be Cancelo. I'll, I'll present, I'll present, uh, you know, a nominee, but I think, you know, all things considered, um, as you mentioned, we, when you talk about the attacking output from a guy like Shabak Cancelo, it's kind of tough to argue with that. Uh, what, what the guy that I went with, um, and this is really just purely for, for debate here, but I wanted to try to identify someone that I think could have a breakout year and someone that you could look, look at um, in 12 months and say, oh, uh, you know, the guy's called it. So for me, that's Ben Chilwell. And this is definitely, a, you know, it's an interesting take. Even me personally, I haven't been the biggest Ben Chilwell fan, um, you know, in, in, my, in my love of soccer. But I really took a deep dive into the numbers uh, for this one. And I, I, I promise I, I didn't do this for every single pick. But uh, for, for this one, I tried to find a breakout. Um, so when you're looking at a left back, as you mentioned, you, you want a complete player. You want a guy that can uh, give you offensive output, but also a guy that's going to be def- dependable on, on the defensive end. So, so some numbers that jumped out uh, about Ben Chilwell for me, um, I ran some numbers. I compared him with other left backs. And so first we're going to look at his progressive passes. So he has 9.65 progressive passes per 90 minutes. So that means when he's getting the ball, he's moving it forward. He's, he's making things happen. I think that's important for a left back. Then you're looking at uh, successful defensive uh, plays uh, per 90 minutes, and he's getting up near 10, 10 successful defensive plays per 90 minutes. So, uh, you know, when, when you look at all of that, uh, as well as the 3.5 crosses, and he basically has a point, you know, point twelve expected assists, uh, you're looking at a guy that if he if he keeps uh pushing forward and providing providing all of these different facets of his game and puts it all together. He can be a guy that we look at in 12 months and say, wow, he's, he's really one of the best uh, left backs in the world. But with all that being said, a lot of these numbers are predictive numbers. He was just hurt. Um, he's going to, you know, Chelsea's going to be a very competitive team at that wing back position. Um, so I, I think I think it has to be Cancelo. I think this is one of the easier ones that we're going to talk about. But Ben Chilwell is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, his numbers, his predictive numbers are through the roof. And I think if he stays healthy, he can have a really, really successful season for Chelsea. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, there's obviously there's some like room here 
to like kind of give shout outs to, to players right. that might break out because like, you know, obviously there's some locked positions like that guys that we kind of know are going to be in this team. Right. Right. So like we're bringing up, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to get, and this is a great shout because, you know, I, I, on the contrary, I've been a Ben Joe Wolf and I enjoy watch. I've enjoyed watching him over the past years. And like, you know, the stats that you just mentioned are for sure, like eye opening. And like, if, if you're like, obviously soccer is more than the stats, but you know, you look at, like we've talked about on the show, you look at teams like Liverpool who drive stats for, or use stats to drive their recruiting and it works. <laughs> so like, there's, yeah. there's a lot to be said about that. And you know, Ben Chilwell is another guy, you know, breakout season. We'll see. But I agree. I think Cancelo, um, just yeah. it's a safe option here. I think he's got to be in our team. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Moving on to center back. Uh, we each brought two to the table and we can even uh, bring up some other guys. But the first one I'll put forward is Kanate for Liverpool. Uh, I think firstly at face value, you got to just, we all have to acknowledge the fact that he's literally lost one game. In that <laughs> kit. I mean, that's just stupid. Um, and that was the Champions League final. Um, and then factoring the national team portion of it, he's going to be, uh, you know, probably playing for France uh, in the winter. Could be. A team, a team that's, you know, I think they'd be my favorite to win the World Cup if, if it happened tomorrow. So you look at all that and then, Really, when you look at uh, his defensive statistics, I mean, some of these are eye-boggling. So he's won 97% of his defensive duels. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. is just that is ridiculous. He has, he's got a 100% success rate on his recoveries per 90 minutes. <laughs> and he wins 92% of his aerial duels. So, you know, what more do you want from a center back? He's got the numbers. He's got the track record to back it up with the, with the wins at the club level. Um, so I think uh, Kanate is a guy we definitely have to look at. For yeah, for sure. And like, obviously, we need two, so we're both going to bring two. But mm -hmm. so we're let me let me stay on the Liverpool because no, I mean, I, I I'm interested because this is going to be a debate because I feel like we can't put two Liverpool center backs I here. I know. I like, know. and I have Virgil. So, and this is this is tough because I feel like we have a little bit of a you know, a guy that's been there established the name, the big name, Virgil van Dyke, and then the guy coming on this like insane prodigy coming on, not even prodigy, this insane baller coming on yeah. um, and kind of, you know, maybe taking Virgil's spot as, you know, the best center back on that team. I don't know, but yeah. okay. Like, so it's tough because, and why we both have two Liverpool, two Liverpool center backs is because, Liverpool's just defensive output as a team and defensive performances as a team are just far like one of the best in the world. So you talk about like Virgil van Dijk when he's on the field, 0.68 goals against um, in 2020 in his career. Like, I mean, come on, like that, that's just like my, like insane, insane. Right. Like, and you know, you look at the season where Virgil was not on the field when he was injured. And it seemed like Liverpool was completely out of sorts defensively. And no, Kanate wasn't there yet, but it seemed like they were missing a piece. And I feel like he plays a huge role in that defense as a leader, as a, you know, as just a world-class defender in general. So it's tough because I, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit towards the young gun, but like, I feel like, and I, I want to be bold with these picks. So, you know, and I feel like, okay, if we're going to go back to the World Cup, I feel like, all right, I feel like France is going to have a better World Cup than Netherlands. Right. Does that play into it? Probably. So 
who knows? I, I, I think, I, I think I might give it to Kanata. I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, it's tough, man. It's tough because what, what's going through my mind right now is I'm trying to think if you take one off, how's the team going to do? You know, if you, if yeah. you lose Van Dyke and you keep Kanata, how's the team going to do? Yeah. Vice versa. And honestly, I mean, I guess we don't really know because they've kind of, they've been playing together. Um, exactly. You know, to, you know, since Kanata arrived. Uh, but I guess I think I think I'm gonna lean Kanate as well, just purely based off of the fact that he's gonna be probably Francis, yeah. one of their starting center backs. Um, and I feel like what Virgil provided, a big thing that Virgil provided for them, which is what they were missing when he was hurt and why they didn't do as well, is he had that pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Liverpool with their gegging press, they 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 throw everybody at you. They they need a sentinel at the back. To, to sweep things up. I think Kanate has that as well. I think we saw yeah. saw that in the Champions League final, for example, against like Vinny Jr. I think he, he basically they had a dead sprint to a ball and, and Kanate won it. Um so I guess I, I will I will lead Kanate on this one. I, I think it's good to be a little bold. Yeah, um, exactly. I think you factor in the national team. But listen, you could go either way. I know, this. I know. It's a toss up, but I agree. Let's let's be bold. Let's be bold with this team. Yeah. We went. We already have a couple safe options, so we yeah. got to We got to have. A, we got to have a bold pick. I agree. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you can go ahead. Um, so for the second center back, the second center back that I will put forward, I will go with Antonio Rudiger. Um, and Rudiger, Rudiger is just a fascinating player at center back. He's he's got to be every, you know one of everyone's <laughs> favorite defenders to watch, just with his. His his driving runs into the final third and just the way he plays the game it's it's really it's fearless and and it's awesome to see. Uh, so just some key stats that I think you know really um, highlight the kind of center back that Rudiger is. Uh, he made two hundred and seven passes into the final third uh, during the last Premier League season. Pretty crazy. Only five players in the entire league made more passes into the final third than that. So he's a guy that weirdly enough provides you some attacking output uh, even from the center back position another stat that i thought is very encompassing of antonio rudiger is his 65.1 uh successful dribble rate um which was the third best of any player in the premier league so you know you you, you pair those things together uh you look at he's still a great defender uh, he's going to be playing for germany so and then and then he's going to a new club at Real Madrid. So that'll be an interesting fit. We'll seeing how that how that all plays out. But uh, so Rudiger Rudiger is the guy that I'll put forward. Yeah. This one's tough because we actually we both have a guy going to a new club. So yeah. I have Delict. And what one thing I'll say on Rudiger is you know he's moving. I mean. Real Madrid is going to play a back four and he's moving from a back three as one of the outside center backs mm-hmm. to being in a back four system. Um, that's one of my worries with Ruger, but also we have the Ligt. So the Ligt's a tough one because the Ligt moving to a new club um, wasn't, wasn't necessarily getting on the field all the time injuries at Juventus. So I feel like we haven't seen true the since yep. uh, Ajax days. So it's really tough. This would be a really bold pick to throw him in in his first season in Bayern, which is why I'm leaning a little bit more towards Rudiger. However, I still will present a case here. I just think the fit 
at Bayern is like perfect for him. I really do. I think yeah. it couldn't have been a better move. Like, I don't know about both parties. I think Juve lost a big asset, but I think just in terms of Delic's career, I think it was a massive big time move. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like he's a man that doesn't need introduction. Like, I just think like, we all know the potential that he has. He's a young player. He's a really young player. Um, and he has so much potential, but I just don't, I think it's, better to stay on the Rudiger side for this, at least this upcoming season to see how Delict kind of fits. And if he can get back to that form that he was at when he was at Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree, man. It's tough because we, we all saw just as you just mentioned how he was at Ajax. I mean, like what was, I don't know how young he was at the time, but he he couldn't have been, you know, he couldn't have been, older than a teenager and he was dominant i mean it was, it was unbelievable to watch uh you know he was he was scoring goals on corners he was just an absolute captain at the back i mean I know. if he can rediscover that that form there's no way you're keeping him out of this team um and but like you said it's it just he's unproven you know he didn't yeah. have his, his best season at Juve last year, I think the Bayern move is monumental for him. It's he's going to go into a system that's really just perfect for him. He'll play next to Umpa Kayano. Um, so it's going to be really exciting to see that. Um, if yeah. we're going to go Rudiger, we I feel like we should consider going Virgil and Kanata. As crazy as that is, you saying yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I I feel like I can't. I can't sleep at night putting Rudiger over Virgil. I just, <laughs> are yeah, I was gonna say, are we like? Is, does that mean you're gonna? Does that mean you're saying that Liverpool is gonna win the quadruple this year? Is that? <laughs> you know, I, I I can confidently say I don't think they will. <laughs> I think they're losing losing Mane is huge for them. I know, I know. I think so, um, yeah. I really think I I, I agree. Like. I was trying to like keep it, but like there's, I, you know what, you know, what's crazy too. Just, we need to make this decision, but you know, what's crazy. I was thinking like, while you're, while you're speaking last, like one year ago today, probably if we were making a preseason team for the upcoming, you know, it'd be penciled in at center back Ruben Diaz. And he would have been, he would have yeah, been penciled yeah, yeah. in. Isn't Absolutely. it, cra- isn't it crazy that like in one season, like if we're like literally one massive mess up, like one yeah. massive mess up and like a shaky season, like in and out kind of injuries, whatever one mess, one big mess up and he's out. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I mean, that that's just shows you like the cutthroat nature I know. Of, like football at the, at the highest level. I mean, he's definitely a guy that, you know, uh, when we, when we planned this out, he had to be considered, uh, yeah. he didn't make the, the final short list, but uh, he crossed both of our minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. What, what PFA Player of the Year, yeah, Defender of the Year, uh, two years ago, and it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's tough. But no, I was I wasn't bringing him to the table. I wasn't bringing him to the table. I was just making an observation. I, we can't. We already oh, are struggling. No, yeah. We're already struggling. So <laughs> there's no way we can bring another piece into this. No, yeah. dude. I think we should just go Virgil and Kanate. You know, worst case, worst comes to worst, we get one out of two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just can't like I'm really racking my my brain like of all the other center backs in world football like I'm thinking about Syria like so. they lost Koulibaly they lost Cellini I don't think either of those guys make this cut anyways um, going to like La Liga uh, we really we touched on Rudiger 
I don't think Utter Motau is Alaba. No, I don't Alaba. think so. He's aging. We talk about Barca, Kunde going there. Who knows? Right. That's a guy but, that I thought about, but again, we're talking about the first eleven. Of the yeah, world. we're talking about first eleven. You're like Kunde, you're not putting yeah. Kunde in there just yet. I mean, we could talk about Harry Maguire really quick. <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> no maybe maybe worst 11 we could Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. Yeah, this is fucking guy, but uh, maybe like the worst 11. All right, we're spending way too many time So we're going Virgil and Kanata. Yeah, done. bold, done. All right. All right. Next. Do you want to go right back? Yeah, right back. I'll start us off. Um so right back. So for me um this was tough there's there's more depth than left back here um but i really believe in this guy this season like to have to to kind of put it together on both ends as we were talking about mm-hmm. um so trent alexander arnold is my pick mm-hmm. for this year's um best 11 and the reason is so I'm looking even, you know, when he was highly scrutinized last season, he yep. was very, he was very like for his defensive ineptness at times, which is valid, very valid. Um, and that's a, that's going to be a struggle with this pick because he doesn't really provide that all the time. Um, but when you talk about offensive output, which is kind of why we put Cancelo there, I don't know if you could find a better guy. We're talking about 2021, 2022, 76 chances created, 12 assists. And what goes without saying is just his set piece, like masterclass, just how world-class he is on set pieces and what he provides both from a shooting standpoint and a crossing standpoint, Mm -hmm. corners, free kicks, anything. Mm -hmm. So just the value you have with Trent as an offensive weapon for Liverpool is something that needs to be noted. So I'm bringing Trent to the table. Who do you got for us? Oh man, it's it's tough to argue against Trent. I think uh, you know, I just thought really quickly, I th- I feel like Trent catches some some unwarranted strays uh as far as like the whole narrative around him. Um yeah. Klopp came out and said like basically what the fuck is everyone talking about? How he sucks mm-hmm. the defense, like he's he's just fine, like he does the job. Um so I love Trent, and I love how he's actually a center mid that got converted to an outside back. That's awesome. Very similar to you, Mr. Dragos. Yeah, very similar. Um, for me, um, when, I, when I think of right back, uh, I think of a, the dominant force, force that is Ashraf Hakimi. Uh, this guy, I mean, he's just the total package. He's got blistering pace. Uh, he's nearly unstoppable one-on-one he can go cut inside uh, and t- get a shot off on his on his weak foot which is, which is quite good he can take you end line because he's just faster than you it's as simple yep. as that um and you know he's he's also a solid defender uh, i was i was curious like what are his defensive numbers looking like he's got he made 75 tackles which is pretty good his goal involvement he he uh was involved with basically you know uh Three goals per two game. Uh, sorry, two goals per 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 two games, which is decent. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. This is tough. This is tough. I, I think Hakimi is just a dominant right back. I, but yeah. then you look at the numbers, and Trent's numbers are still better. So uh, it's very tough. It's very tough. I think, uh, you know, just purely based off our center back picks here, 
I might, I might go, I might go Hakimi. Also, one thing I mean, I'll say about Hakimi, uh, if we're gonna talk about national team, he's like Mar- he's plays for Morocco and he's like their entire heart and soul. Yeah. And Trent really struggles to just get on the pitch for England. Um, mm-hmm. which is again, I, I don't completely understand that. I think he he belongs, but um I yeah, so <sighs> Let no, Dill. I was, yeah, I, you, I'll save it because I think we should go Hakimi because I think, I think P also, yeah, I agree with the Morocco, Morocco point, but I also think for PSG, it's important about the team to get these yeah. awards. Um, right. And I think PSG is going to have a better season. Like I think Messi's going to come on. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a better season for PSG. And I think that bodes well for Hakimi mm-hmm. in order to kind of get more of a spotlight amongst all those stars but mm. he's just insane at right back and i feel like he gets overshadowed a little bit i think that's a great shout for our for our team so i i will i will i will give that give that one to hakimi that right our right back spot pencil him in pencil yeah him. penciled in so we have our back line so yes. we have courtois goalkeeper we have Cancelo left back kanate and virgil center backs and hakimi right back nice oh. Oh, that that pains me to have two levels. <laughs> I know, jeez. This is a, this is a neutral podcast. We're just, hearing... we're just looking for the best footballers out there. And <laughs> be hearing from all the Liverpool fans out there. I yes, um, I know, I know. Yeah. So six, six. Yeah, six is an interesting position, man, because the six has evolved. Uh, mm, couple yep. guys that we're not even going to talk about. Uh, Verratti is a, is yeah. A, mastered the sixth position kind of redefined it into this possession uh oriented six who gets out transitions the team from the defensive to to the attacking third um it's also a position that you know they value the ball winning above above mm -hmm. possession so it's very interesting so drags what do you you have for us well speaking of ball winning i have the best ball winner winner at the sixth position statistically uh conte so this is a tough. This is tough, though. I'm I'm going I'm going as a, a chill well pick bounce back season for Conte this year, maybe a little bit of a safer bounce back pick. But um, you look at, I mean, you look at Chelsea and you look at France. Those boxes are ticked for Conte. You have yep. dominant club, dominant, m- most likely dominant um, national team in the World Cup. So yep. those boxes are tip tip ticked for Conte. Um, then you also just look at what he does on the field. He's evolved his game a lot offensively, which is, mm-hmm. I thought is super admirable because he's mastered, mastered what it means to be just a guy that's everywhere at the six and just a ball winner and a volume passer. He's mastered that craft, yeah. but now he's kind of coming on as more of like, get it like late runs in the box. As you're saying, this evolved six, maybe. Um, so I think Conte deserves a, a, a valid shout here for our six. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have for us? Yeah, man, I, I think it's it's tough to argue against Conte. I think only two two years ago he was lighting the world on fire. Uh, exactly. He, he would have been penciled into this team, and, and he still might make it into this team. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Kimmich, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua Kimmich of Bayern Munich. 
Uh, this is a guy that when you when you talk about the six, right? The six is a guy that's kind of the heartbeat of of some teams, and I think that really epitomizes Joshua Kimmich perfectly. There's a really great Conte quote out there, Antonio Conte. He said, "The last time Kimmich lost the ball is when he gave it to his son to uh, to play uh, just pass with him." Um, <laughs> so I think that's hilarious. But also, then then you want to dive into the numbers. Uh, Bayern Munich are, you know, they win the ball 14% more when Kimmich is just playing. So just the fact that he's on the field, they go from 64% ball uh, winning uh, percentage to 70% uh, percent ball winning percentage. So this guy, this guy not only is winning tackles himself, but he's just that guy that's driving the team on. Um, quickly, you know, I touched on, on his on his passing and, and how great that is. Uh, he is an, he's in the 94th percentile for three passes per 90 minutes. He's in the 87th percentile for X, XA, which is expected assists. Um, and he's in the 98th percentile for passes per 90 minutes. So this guy's on and off the ball. He's making the team go. Um, and he's, he's the heartbeat of, you know, one of the dominant teams, one of the great yeah. dynasties in all of sports. So, uh, Tough decision, man. I don't know which way we're gonna go with this one. I know. I I think I might be maybe a little rash, but I think I might be leaning towards Kimmich just because I think Bayern comparatively is gonna have a better season than Chelsea. Even though I don't know if Germany's gonna do better than France in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but it's tough. It's like literally a toss up, to be honest. I it's tough. It it's like. Tough. If you want to go for the underdog comeback story, we go Conte. If we want to go for, you know, just a guy that's been doing it and won't stop doing it for yeah. uh, barring a, an unfortunate injury, of course, which happened to Conte. So it's really tough. It's just really tough. Um, I don't know. Any 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 big yeah. point to, to bring us uh, one yeah, decision? I, I actually have something that, that makes the decision harder. I was just going to say. Oh, good. How, you know, if we had this conversation two years ago or three years ago, it'd be, I think it'd be a little easier to go Kimmich. You'd say, oh, he's better on the ball, but Conte's totally evolved his game. Like he, he's a total on ball player as well. Uh, You know, I guess I think I'll also lean Kimmich Mm -hmm. just the fact that, uh, you know, if we're going to make this team, our our eight and our 10 are going to be guys that are creating chances. And um, Kimmich's a guy that's just going to get them the ball. He's not going to lose you the ball. Um, and he's just that, that unquantifiable, uh, uh, thing that he has. Like about asset. Him. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where he just, you put Kimmich in any team and like the other 10 guys are like, holy shit, like, let's get going. Yeah, uh, exactly. Fire about him. Um, so I think I, I might lean Kimmich as well. Yeah. S- sounds good to me. We've, we've reached an agreement here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shake your, I would shake your hand virtually, but. Okay. We will in a few days. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right. So Kemic as our six. We're moving on to eight. So, um, you know, we did, we did. So obviously, we did share a list to make sure we didn't have the same. So um, maybe Dill, you want to start us, kick us off with yours, and I'll I'll follow for this one. Yeah, man. Um, I you know this 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 one I think uh, we'll we'll reach an agreement civilly and quickly. Um, it's going to be Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, you know, I, you could have easily said him just as, as much as I could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, quite frankly, you know, he's just the best eight in the world right now. You can make the argument that he's the best player in the world. Uh, you know, obviously he's not that headline guy, the Ronaldo, Messi, Haaland, Mbappe, but 
this guy is just a different gravy. Like this guy is yeah, crazy. Know. Um, you, you know, if you want to dive into the numbers, he creates 3.6 chances per 90 minutes, which is third. Um, oh, sorry. That's first in the prom actually. Um, so he just makes things happen. And, and he's that, he's that brilliant box to box. that he can pick the ball up in his own third and find just a pass that no one else even saw. Yep. He can also pick the ball up and dribble three different people on his hip. Um, and just drive the ball forward. He, he does his job defensively. He is, in my opinion, City. I think he is the mm-hmm. key cog that makes that machine go. So Kevin De Bruyne uh, is going to be the guy for me. People don't realize how fast this guy is, too. Like, Under- every time, I, he just blows by people. Like, literally, he just blows by people. I don't know if it's because he's just so much smarter than them or if it's just because he's actually fast. And I would love to see, like, how fast he is, like, compared to some of the fast guys. But yeah. anyway, I, I, I just think he's just insane of course so yeah. obviously i was i was stuck here and i'm i'm like trying to get you know someone that could stack up against de bruyne right now and i would say my first choice would be frankie de Jong, but i just don't know where this guy's gonna play so i've i couldn't say him unfortunately um and then we have yeah. young guns we have pedri just tough to bring him in this conversation that right now so um where i landed is bernardo silva so yeah. we're staying with city and Bernardo Silva has been like one of my favorite players on city to watch over the years. And maybe it's because I watch them all, all the time, but it just, the first thing that sticks out to me about Bernardo is his engine. I I've never seen a guy that doesn't stop running for 90 minutes. Like he literally never stops running, which is just like, he's everywhere. He's, he is, I feel like at times he is city's press. He is, you know, the guy that can get on the ball and get you out of tight situations. He does a lot of things that maybe don't get recognized. So now bring him, we'll get, we'll give him some recognition. So when I was diving into it, I was like, what makes this guy like, why is he just world-class when I'm watching him? So here's a couple stats. Um, Top five in the prem last season and XG chain. So basically XG chain XG is expected goals. And essentially is just how basically all it is, is just like how, like often you're contributing to goals, like expected goals, like how, like how much are you getting into the to the play and how much are you contributing to, to, th- to things that end up being um, goals. So he's top five in the prem in that, and also top five in passes into the final third. So not only is this engine that can pick up the ball and distribute, but he's also being dynamic. He can play winger. He can play eight. He can play 10. He can play anywhere really. So I just want to give him a shout out. We're going to go to Bruyne here, but that's my shout out for Bernardo Silva. Yeah, man. And it's like, it's tough. Like it's tough when you, when you just like, there's only 11 spots. Like if there's a utility spot or, or just like a spot for a guy off the bench, like Mm -hmm. as much as Kevin De Bruyne is city, uh, Bernardo Silva is as well. I mean, this guy across, across both, uh, you know, Manchester derbies this, this year, he ran a a combined 16 miles. Exactly. Uh, He's just got a motor that is indescribable. And on top of that, he's got quality just oozing out of his boots. I know. So he's he's a world class player, man. He's he's one of the best eights in the world. It's just he's coming up against KDB, and it's just it's a tough act to follow. Yeah, insane. Um, so I mean, it's yeah, KDB all the way. So to fill out our midfield, we're going ten. Um, so I'll kick us off here. I'm going Lionel Messi. Um, <laughs> comeback season for Lionel Messi and it's it's diff it's it's weird to say comeback season because he's always been consistently insane just 
insane. But guy that doesn't really need introduction, we're talking six world player of the year, seven Ballon d'Ors, <laughs> six Euro golden boots. I don't need to say anymore, but it's Lionel Messi. Comeback season. Gonna just – I. I would love to see him. I mean, he has the weapons around him. I would love to see him finally take PSG to a to a UEFA Champions League. That and that's coming from a non PSG fan. So I, I'm just a big fan of Lionel Messi. Um, and I think it's his comeback season. And I think he's gonna find himself in this team, Lionel Messi at our 10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, how do you argue against against yeah. one of the goats of 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 our of our sport? Uh yeah. I mean he he does he passes the eye test obviously he's done things over the years that no one can even quantify uh then when you do look at the numbers he's among the best in europe he's got uh, essentially one goal creating action per 90 minutes which ranks him fourth in europe across the top five leagues meaning basically this guy has given you a goal a game whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's from you know his own boots or whether it's from an assist uh so he's brilliant um for me, I, I took a, I had a little fun with this one. I think the ten positions, uh, really, you know, unique positions. It's the guy that has the entire weight of the team on on creating chances, and it can be a lot to deal with. One guy that just stuck out to me, um, just watching him, and then also looking at the numbers was Nkunku. Uh, Nkunku, just a beautiful player, man. Um, mm-hmm. On the ball, he's just dynamic. Uh, he drives the team forward. Uh, looking into the numbers, he's got a 0.93 goal creating action per 90 minutes. So he's just he's under Messi, uh, but he's in that realm of, of creating a goal game. Uh, he's still quite young. He's 23 years old. He's a 97. Um, so there's a lot there's a lot of things to like about Nkunku. Uh, with all that being said, I think I agree with you. It's going to be a bounce back here for Messi. He had that he had that transitional year um he's he's still gonna be trotting out there with mbappe and neymar and it's gonna be Mm -hmm. just they're gonna be wrecking havoc on everybody so exactly i'm with you on this one uh with Messi. yeah i mean safe pick another safe pick for us um so okay we have our midfield filled out so we have kimmick at the six kdb at the eight Messi at the 10 wow um that's awesome okay (laughs) now we move into our front three um so let's start off with the seven um so i'm putting as my seven i'm putting muhammad salah um and really what drove this decision i mean you could look at the stats and you know obviously golden boot winner in the prem last season you can look at stats but what drove this decision for me was i just think i think liverpool you know what i was i was noticing like in the community shield game Mohamed Salah was like, seemed like he was at like top form right now, like top, like top fitness. I mean, like top fitness, top form right now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, this is the preseason. And then I start, then I was like looking into it and I was like, oh, I mean, he doesn't have a world cup. He's going to have a whole month off when everyone's yeah. playing. Like yeah. this guy is just going to be wrecking. I feel it. Like, use your term wrecking havoc, <laughs> wreaking havoc all over the prem. I feel like for like these couple months before. And then after the world cup, he'll be fresh again. It's crazy. So I just really think he's just going to have an insane statistical season uh, again, yeah. again. So yeah. um, obviously like 
if you want to look at stats, he lives for XG. I've never like literally I've it's his XG is just insane. The amount of yeah. the amount of goal contributions and just like how much he's in the box and creating chances for his team is insane. So yeah. yeah. No, I, I saw as saw as uh, the cream of the crop. I, I was actually listening to to a debate on the radio as I was driving home about how big of a factor that is going to be this year. In all of club football, the guys that aren't going to go to the World Cup, so mm-hmm. the teams that have less guys going to the World Cup, and that's going to be a really big deal because that's a month and a half, two, you know, maybe two months. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, of of guys that are going to be able to train train at the club, do some homework, watch some film, mm-hmm. get fit, rest up. Uh, so I think I think you know you look at how he's going to be already. He's he's flying in the community shield, and then. And then you look at how he's going to have actually a month off and he's going to come come back chomping at the bit. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's going to have to be Salah. Uh, but for, for my guy at the seven, I went with, with Sonny, Youngman's son. Um, I mean, how can you not love this guy? He's got to be one of the most likable guys in the sport. Uh, really, a story I love about him is how he uh, was part of the South Korean team that, that won, I think, the Asian Confederations Cup, and that exempted him from from serving the military what a story uh, super cool story um but then you were just talking about the footballer and i mean come on i mean how, how can you argue against young man's son guy had 23 goals last year 30 direct goal involvements you break that down at a per 90 rate uh you know that's 0.9 direct goal involvements per 90 i mean that's <laughs> that's just ridiculous in the premier league obviously he's pairing with kane and that helps him but I mean, it's just a top player. I don't think he has quite what it takes to to beat Salah in this edition of yeah. the team. But just just a guy that you know, he's one of the top top wingers in the world, seven eleven, whatever you want to call him. You could even play the nine, uh, and just a guy that you know. I'm really really excited to see what this this Premier League campaign holds for him. Yeah, I mean, a very much like very much improved Tottenham side as well. Um, much more depth better defensive like guys behind him um it's it'll be i'm very excited to watch tottenham this year i think they had a great great summer so um we'll see and i yeah i'm always rooting for son how can you not um so yeah we're moving on to our 11 correct yep yep okay um so i don't know if i'm i'm stealing all the thunder here but (laughs) (laughs) and you know he might not play 11 but he can, he can play anywhere along the front three. It's, it's Mbappe um, for me. So it's, I mean, it's Mbappe the basically owns PSG now, yeah, <laughs> uh, as we've talked about so much, so many times, but um, it's, it's killing Mbappe. I mean, what, what, what like the, one of the, I, I don't even, I'm a lot of loss for words right now. I literally don't know what to say. I mean, we've said so much about all these guys that, yeah. I could just literally sit here for probably 30 minutes and read you all the stats that tell you why Mbappe yeah. is better than everyone else. So I'm not going to do it, but he is. Yeah, <laughs> he, just, he will continue to be for many years. So yeah, Mbappe at, at yeah. the at the 11. It's 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 gotta be, it's it's always going to be Mbappe. Uh, you know, 30 38 goal creating actions. Uh, that's the most in Europe. Uh, just this absolute combination of just sheer pace with mm-hmm. with enough skill and technique. It's almost like sometimes when I see him, I think of a basketball player, how 
how when you get into the post in basketball, you, you do this move and it it doesn't really matter what the defender does because you've practiced this move in the gym so many times. <laughs> it's unstoppable. Exactly. It's the same thing with Mbappe. I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, to their Champions League tie with Real Madrid when he he had the ball out on the wing and he cuts in and he does a little step over and then he goes through the defender's legs to the near post. Like that's a rehearsed move. That's unstoppable. I know. Uh, he's just, dude, he's, he's a different, he's a different breed. Uh, you know, gravy, mate. Gotta be Mbappe. Um, you know, for me, just just a guy that that I thought it would I could put forth. Another guy. Uh, you know, we're talking about the winger position here. We're talking about guys that we want goals, goal create. Uh, sorry, goal scoring chances created by mm-hmm. them. So one guy that does that better than most is Vinny Jr. Uh, it's been really really fun to watch him evolve. He he's went from sure. this wonder kid that is he ever gonna pan out to you know, arguably, I mean, you got to look at Big Ben's, but anyways, a big part of the Champions League winning team. Um, he had a direct involvement, right, in, in the in the game winning mm-hmm. goal. Yep. Yeah, and 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 on top of all that, he's just so fun to watch. His his one on one attacking, it's just, it's it's art. Um, uh, you know, in the soccer form, and I think this is a guy that can continue to grow. I think I don't think he's done growing at all. I don't think he's anywhere near a ceiling, and I think he's a guy that can one day be considered the best, if not the best winger in the world. He's just not there yet. Um, he's not at that Mbappe yeah. level, uh, but he's a really, really great player. I mean, uh, 0.84 goals, uh, goal creating actions for 90 minutes. That's a huge number. Um, and uh, 25 goal creating actions in total. Uh, really exciting guy. Absolutely love him, but he's just not Mbappe. I know, unfortunately. No, yeah, I don't know if you can be, but by the way, just a little plug in here when we're talking about Vinny Jr., check out around the world on Instagram. We had a metric about (laughs) Vinny Jr. today. His mark, as Dylan was talking about, his evolution literally, his market value is insane over the last four years. Like it went from it jumped like 30 million every year. Like right now, it's at 100 million and it was like at 70 million last year. It's insane. It's insane. So, but like, yeah, his, his rapid involvement is very impressive, but. Not yet. So another guy in this winger conversation, I don't know if he's going to play the nine is Mane. Just wanted to give a little plug yeah. in for Mane. Like he's going to be, I, I mean, he's, he's Byron's guy now. He's Byron's yeah. guy, like for goals. Yeah. He's their goal scorer. That's crazy. And like, he's, he's their goal scorer. He has to be. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he could have a lot of goals this season. Yeah. I mean, if he picks up yeah. where Lewa left off, but yeah. who knows? Um, something to watch, but I feel like our picks are good. Salah and Mbappe, yeah. like for the season, I think it's I think yeah. it's pretty solid. Yeah. All right. And one other thing, Mbappe is going to be the talisman for France. So when we're yeah, exactly. in the international break, the World Cup, I think I mean not that he needed it, but it just strengthens Mbappe's. Case. I know. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So finally, we're at the number nine position. I think the most fun this season oh, because yeah. we got moving pieces. Very fun. So I'm going to start by bringing up Kareem Benzema. Um, 29 goals in all comps last year. I can't remember the amount of games, probably like around like 33 to 35 games, 29 goals. Um, <laughs> again, at a loss for words. I said on a previous episode, when we're talking about like the strikers that have been doing it and will continue to do it over the next couple of years that are maybe aging and have just been, been doing it 
And they're the guys that we think of when we're thinking of nines, like not true number nines. We're thinking of these guys. It's Lewandowski and Benzema. And Benzema just kind of took it to another level last season, like literally took it to another level. I've ne- I've literally never seen a guy put like literally, you know, the team, you know, this, everyone is saying, put the team on your back. I've never seen a guy been able to do that in such a, you know, the sport of soccer that we that we all love, like literally a sport that's such a team game and it's such a system game. It's such a tactical game. Literally, it seemed like this guy was just doing it himself sometimes. I, I don't know if you felt the same way watching these games, but yeah. it literally felt it felt like that. And just carrying felt like Real Madrid all the way to a Champions League final. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to stop this year. World Cup year. Um, you know, Real Madrid. Maybe their team's aging a little bit, but I don't think they're going anywhere. I think they're going to be competing for a Champions League title again. All of these reasons, 29 goals, I think he could do that again, to be honest yeah. with you. I don't think there's any okay. sign of him not. So, got it. I mean, Benzema got to be a shout for this. Yeah. And he's, I think he's, he would have to be my favorite for, for the Ballon d'Or, which is going to be handed mm-hmm. out in October. I think if it's anyone else, it's just absolutely foolish. I, think. I know. Has to yeah, like you said, um, the Champions League run, just one for the ages. I mean, just one. It just sometimes in sports things just line up, and and players just do things that are just you know out of this world. And that was Ben's on on this Champions League run. It's just it was so fun to watch, and it ended up having me pulling for Real Madrid on this run just to see what heroics he could pull out. Uh, know. You know, in the last minute, what. His his finishing, his goal scoring. I know he does things like uh, you can't. I wouldn't even think of it. I wouldn't think of it. I'm also not that good, but uh, <laughs> different that's, gravy, that's different mate. gravy, different gravy. <laughs> but on the topic of different gravy, I think we also need to talk about Erling Holland. Oh, yeah, because this guy is also different gravy. Let me just give you some numbers really quick from his tenure at Borussia Dortmund. 67 appearances, <laughs> 62 goals. <laughs> All right. That is that's just dumb. Oh god. Okay. But then okay, you know, so strikers, strikers can can bag goals on penalties, whatever, and, and boost their numbers, right? Here, here's his per 90s on non-penalty goals. 0. 0.8. So take <laughs> out penalties, man. And Holland's a guy that takes takes penalties, but take out penalties. He's still scoring just under a goal a game just from open play and then this guy he gets off uh 3.66 shots per game which is in the 92nd percentile this guy's just ripping the ball in that he can get <laughs> through the air he can do it you know uh, obviously on the ground um and you know just another guy that uh he's kind of un- unplayable i mean both these guys on their day they're unplayable yeah. Uh, for me, I think uh, Holland is a great guy for this team because you look at the situation that he's he's going to be put in, right? And we're we're predicting this team who's going to be the best eleven in the world for the for this next upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to City, man. And listen, he already was was breaking basically every record at a Dortmund team that struggled. Uh, they weren't the best team in the league, I can tell you that no, much. No. And now he's going to go to a team where how do you play Man City? Like you can't press them cuz they'll go over the top to Holland, but you know you can't sit in because KDB and uh 
Bernardo Silva will pick you apart with Foden and Mahrez in the wings. And then they're just going to cross it into Holland on the floor on the, in the air. And he's just going to finish it that way. So I think, you know, Thanos, I think Holland, <laughs> Holland is inevitable this year. So I, I don't think we can go any other way. No, Dale. I mean, no, I, I'm, you're not going to find any arguments here. I mean, you're not, you're not like you, you have eloquently put a case forward. And you have convinced me in this time that it's time to move to the young guns and put Holland in this team. I mean, I, I don't even know if you call him a young gun anymore. I mean, he's fucking, oh yeah. He's fucking proven. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he's proven. Like there's no way there's no if, ands or buts about it. So yeah, I mean, I think Holland. So it's scary. It's, it's pretty scary to think about this season. He could, he, I mean, not even this season, just moving forward in general, he, he could, Smash records. I know. You can smash records. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, there you have it. That's that's uh that's our around the world preseason first eleven. Going from goalkeeper up, we have uh Courtois between the posts, uh representing the GKU, the goalkeeper union. Yeah, shout we out. Uh Cancelo, a left back, uh center back pairing of uh, Kanate and Van Dyke. So shout out to all the Liverpool fans. We I'm have Hakimia right back, Kimmich at the six, KDB, Kevin De Bruyne at the eight. We have Messi coming for another Ballon d'Or at the ten. Uh, moving to the seven, we have the XG King Mo Salah. Uh, on the other side at the eleven is uh, owner and player Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> And Do it all, Killian Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, GM too. And at the nine, we have uh, the inevitable Erling Haaland. Um, so that that's it. That's Thanos, our around the world. Thanos, yeah, Thanos <laughs> slash Erling Haaland. But um, yeah, that that's it, man. That that's the around the world preseason uh, first eleven. You know, not all of these picks will be agreed on. Um, to the public and and that's what we're here for we want to we want to hear your guys's picks and uh we want to be able to compare this team now to to the team at the end of the season and see how we did um and and also uh debate further you know as we go through this really exciting season that we can't wait to get started tomorrow so uh yeah for for me and drags uh thanks so much for listening uh we really appreciate it we appreciate all the feedback we've been getting Make sure to uh, keep keep up with us on social media, on our Instagram at Around the World. Uh, we're, we're still working on the YouTube, but that's coming soon. And uh, we look forward to hearing hearing what you guys think. Uh, definitely don't don't hold your opinions back. But uh, that's all for for this week's episode of Around the World, uh, our preseason edition. And we can't wait to catch you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.